Welcome back, everybody, to episode 12 of Rules of the Arena podcast, sitting down today with Brian, uh, part owner and head brewer of Hop and Barrel. Thanks for coming down. I know you're a veteran of the Blind Ninja Studios, <laughs> Department of Offense, and now new co-host for the uh, bu- 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 Homebrew Bound. Yep. Thanks for coming down here, uh, taking time out of your evening. Uh, for that. Um, assuming there's somebody out there that hasn't listened to either of those shows yet, wanted to just kind of introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Brian uh, Prefer. I'm uh, a, uh, like uh, Gordon said, I'm a, a brewery owner in the area. Um, I'm a veteran to the uh, the sum, the sum of swamp. <laughs> the, the sum of swamp theme of a blind ninja studios. I believe I have another mint julep. He's uh he's actually uh one of the top three co-hosts I've ever had on Hunger <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> this is like I'm my sister's favorite brother, but only brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, my background. Is that are we doing yeah, that? Yeah, or just, absolutely. Oh, it's uh, all about you. Oh, sweet. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm just here to facilitate. What's your favorite TVs. subject, man? Uh, you yeah. Yeah. Uh so I uh, I am uh, like like said part owner of uh, Hop and Barrel Brewing Company in Hudson, Wisconsin. Um, I honestly, uh, didn't have an intention of kind of opening a, a a second spot, or rather working for a second spot in Hudson, uh, which is kind of how the how the case how it went. Um, but I guess. From a background standpoint, at the at the brewery, when uh, we're sitting around drinking a little bit and it's slow, kind of maybe in the afternoon uh, on a weekday, we kind of like to talk about all the different jobs I've had, and it it's a a laundry list. And part of it has to do with my dad worked for the city of Maplewood when I was growing up, and so I definitely had like every job that a kid under you know eighteen could have. At, at a city that paid however much money. So there there were, you know, I was an equipment manager. I would put together the the, the bags of equipment that the sports teams would get. Uh, I would clean the, the equipment room. Um, I was a, an umpire. Um, I was a puppeteer. <laughs> for There was like a little puppet wagon that kind of drove around in a truck and uh they sent three irresponsible teenagers to uh, uh, make that happen, and uh, we proceeded to piss off every, you know, daycare uh, in in <laughs> Maplewood because we were late or decided not to show up or whatever, you know. And um, throughout the years, then I think, um, man, I, I I was a sandwich artist at at a Jimmy John's and a and a shift supervisor. Uh, I ran a warehouse at a party rental place. I was a dispatcher. I was um, on a tent crew. Um, throughout I feel like the, the list might be shorter. What haven't you done, Brian? Throughout, <laughs> yeah. Throughout the episode, I'll, if I think of some stuff that I didn't come up with, I'll just dash it in, and it'll, you'll be like, "You should have a contest, like a uh, free bottle, a free, free can of." Uh, you know, uh, of hop and barrel for every uh, fucking job that you, <laughs> you, if you can that name Brian a job later, that Brian hasn't. You, yeah, show up in hop barrel name ten jobs. Yeah, right. Here. Oh, we should do Brian job bingo. Brian job bingo. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I did, the thing I did the most 
recently or the thing I've been working on most recently is, was working in the beer industry or the bar industry or the restaurant industry. And then even more recently, the brewing industry. So for the last probably about five years, I've been focusing on that and only that. And then about nine years ago, excuse me, I was laid off from a customs broker job like everyone else kind of in 2009, 2010. And then went back to bartending and I very seriously was like, okay, you know what, the hell with it. I'm, I'm going to make a shot at working in the brewing, brewing industry. And I started brewing in 2005, so I've kind of been um, more or less on and off brewing fermented beverages since then. And I still brew kombucha in my kitchen because it's, it's easy and fun and it's easy to kind of manipulate the taste of that with different things for different seasons and different moods you're in. And so that's the most simple thing I do now and like literally the only thing I ferment anymore. So I've got uh, a few people that work for me that do the brewing now and I, I don't get much of a chance to, to handle that. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I guess I could keep rambling, but <laughs> what else? Uh, just kind of curious, you know, how did you get into brewing? I assume you started homebrew. Yeah. First. Uh, so 2005 during the summer, um, there's a gentleman, his name's Bruce Truckee. And I think uh, he's a, he's one of those, uh, fabled, uh, left-handed engineers, um, that just sort of have their hands in, in these weird little projects. And I think in 2005 part, like a big part of the draw of, um, homebrewing for me was, um, the ability to like make your own stuff. And so I, you know, make your own mash tun, drill a hole in this, find the fitting, wander around the, the hardware store, <laughs> like look at tools you can't afford and don't need, you know, uh, what could I possibly do with that? Just, I like making stuff. I like gluing things to other things, you know, when I have, when I have time and, you know, now instead of home brewing, um, kind of into like woodworking and I still play a lot of guitar. I've always played guitar and I've, um, sort of made this, I've sort of embarked on building a guitar, but um, you'll find if you decide you want to be suddenly become a luthier, uh, that the tools are extremely expensive. And so you, you can only do these projects in stages um, when you wait, while you wait for your $110 tool to You're arrive. You're up in uh, Minneapolis, right? I am, yeah, Northeast. <coughs> hey, uh, didn't we just talk to a guy who has a whole woodworking shop up? We do, actually, <laughs> and his episode, uh, Theo from Minneapolis Make, is actually going to be releasing. Cool. It will be released by the time this episode comes out. Oh, for those cool. listening live, that's so going to come out Thursday. Yeah, so uh, basically, Minneapolis Make is a shared woodworking space nice. where they have all the tools and that you can just... Some, sometimes there's things I need. <laughs> Remind me after the show, I'll pull up his Instagram and the, like some of the projects that the, cool. the members work on there. It's cool. Awesome. So yeah, I think for, for me again, sorry to tie this all together. I'm kind of <laughs> rambling, but to tie it all together, it's just like, I, I like making stuff. Like I get, I get really antsy and I'm, you know, I have trouble sitting still sometimes. And so I like to like make things or do things or move the coaster around on beer cam on the no that's why that's why we put a little piece like if you lift up that coaster there is literally a like a little like white a piece of tape on there because, on there of, because, because he keeps moving it during homebrew bound it sucks it sucks when people gotta do stuff because you well no it, you can't keep your hands to yourself i'm a very tactile person no it's fine like it's just it just took me two episodes to learn that's that what i that's what i needed to do well i know brian's gonna touch fucking everything so that's a Carlos, 
Carlos uh, bends and draws on every coaster I put in front of him. Uh, yeah. So I don't give him a good coaster. I've witnessed that. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, blah, blah, 2005. But fast forward to about four, five, six years later and was was kind of working with the the people who had the beginnings of, of Northgate Brewing Company and then um, was tied up with them a little bit and then um, <clears throat> got my foot in the door at, uh, as a beer tender at the tap room at American Sky uh, in Hudson. So that's what got my foot in the door for my first brewing job. Now doing the homebrew, what was the first beer that you did? <laughs> um, and was it any good? Shit, what do we end up I've, I've talked uh, Oh, we did a, a yeah, we did a, we did a porter, but it was like a Baltic. It was like a heavy porter. And I, I guess I can, yeah, yeah, I can't really call it a Baltic porter because I, I think it was, you know, it, I want to say it was probably the, the, uh, Northern Brewer, great Northern Porter maybe, but I know it was a dark beer. Um, was it a kit or was it something that you guys? Oh, it was definitely a kit. Okay. Yeah, it was. A, it was totally a Northern Brewer kit, and I don't remember what they had at the time. And I don't. Maybe listeners or someone could verify that. I haven't looked at the kits they have at Northern Brewer in a long time, but yeah. I think they had a kit called like Great Northern Porter, or maybe that's just the name of the Summit one. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it was based off of the Summit one. <laughs> oh, could be, could be. And so it yeah. might have been based off well, of Great Northern Porter, so they probably called it something else like Lesser Northern Porter or something like did, that. Yeah, like, didn't Northern Brewer, weren't they the one that had the um, the Bell's Two-Hearted clone and they changed? Was the, that Northern Brewer or was that Midwest? Well, they're like the one they're they're the, the same, same now. Like, yeah, I don't I don't know because they they used to be two separate companies. I probably haven't bought a kit in. It's been six more than a decade. Yeah, seven years for me. But yeah, I honestly don't remember, but I know I know I have a box at home. I I could look at it later. Wait, you still know, have the box? Yeah, there's photographs in it now, like actual like pictures from a film camera. <laughs> They do exist. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, that's a pretty, it's a pretty fine box they used to come in. <laughs> I'll have to look. It's, uh, it's on a bookshelf somewhere in my uh, my archives. <laughs> the archives of Brian. <laughs> it's like he's going down to the catacombs. The only person that's been to my house is Pete DeSanctis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jen has been there and she said it was quote unquote cute. So that, I guess that's probably a, all right. <laughs> it's better than what she says about my house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, no comment. You have, a, you have a very lovely sweat box studio. That's just like her opinion, man. <laughs> hey, did you work any other breweries then besides you, you mentioned Northgate and American Sky? Uh, yeah, was it? it was more volunteer like hang around i was like a hang around of northgate but then um american sky um i don't know how much do you want me to dig into that whole for it, yeah. piece but it so uh work until tuesday so yeah. <laughs> so american sky initially some people wanted to buy it and then they either did or did not know that you uh that a person who owned a brewery in wisconsin had to have i'm sorry a brewery and tap room in Wisconsin had to have Wisconsin residency. And so uh, after American Sky was sold, um, because the owners that owned it previously wanted to just, they wanted out of the whole the whole thing. They, they couldn't make it work or didn't cho- were choosing not to anymore. Um, 
they decided to move on and they sold it to some people and they may or may not have known that they, I don't know, man, I get two different stories. So then <laughs> they ended up slowly folding the brand because what they actually wanted out of the whole deal, they did want the tap room and the, and the brand and the everything and the whole vibe. But I think once at the end of that whole thing, once people sort of were like, wait a minute, like what's going on? Like, uh, they just kind of ended up, I'm okay. Thanks. They just kind of ended up, um, deciding to step out of it and fold. And I think the owner, Greg, who, um, he, he was sort of his job location was, um, changing to Ireland. Um, and company was sold. I went with the company, um, for what it's worth, the owners of all the people involved with American Sky, the Bills distribution, everybody, um, for what it's worth, always treated me really well. And I, I, you know, I was compensated fully and I was given a really fucking cool opportunity to be able to do the things I did with American Sky, learn the things I learned there, then move on to Inbound or it was Lucid at the time who bought it technically. Uh, and then what their goal was at the time that a lot of people didn't know was they were trying to get out of the distribution deal with um, a Bud House in, uh, like, Minnesota. And so literally the only way to do that is to just completely change your name and start over from scratch, which a lot of people don't understand is really freaking hard to do. Yeah. Change. <laughs> well, you, you already have the brand recognition. You already yeah. have all the merchandise. You already have yep. all your labels. Yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've changed the name of my company a handful of times, I think three, maybe four times, and with just a few hundred followers. There's some blowback come yeah. back from well, that. And I can't imagine. Yeah. You don't have to deal with the DTB. Scale, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the scale of that, I, no thank you. A lot of legality involved and a lot of stuff at the time that I didn't understand that I do understand better now. And, I mean, this is another one of those perfect storm situations where just too many things went the wrong way and too many things looked like other things were happening, but they weren't, but they were things that people couldn't necessarily talk about. And is, is another one of those situations, like I mentioned Northgate before, where that was all just a big, perfect storm of, of shit. And I mean, if, if one of the things happened, could have probably been mitigated and shit would have been cool. But with this whole, the whole changeover between sky and how inbound worked and how that, that situation and the timing worked, it just was a perfect storm of bullshit. And I think there were a lot of intentions that were good, but then when really hard decisions and, and hard conversations needed to happen, then there were some people that got uh, fucked and they were not very happy and that's business period, yeah. you know? So. And now, and from there, I mean, did you immediately were did you come up with the idea of hop and barrel or was no that kind of no a- that was Justin so I was in Guatemala so after the equipment got sold from uh, American Sky to uh, like the inbound folk uh, they had a bunch of stuff that they put on the market and there ended up being a brewery in Guatemala that hit me up to um, help them out um, and uh, get their the bottling equipment and the labeling equipment running and then also get their like figure figure out some kinks they had in their uh, production, and uh, so I was in Guatemala for a while helping that brewery out. 
Um, Antigua Cerveza is the name of it. There's two breweries in Antigua, and it's Antigua Cerveza is the one you want to look up. Um, in any case, um, help them get going. And, and when I came back almost almost two years ago in Oct- probably October or November, more like November, I came back and Justin, um, you know, he was like, oh, you've been gone. Let's hang out. We're friends. Um, Justin basically, you know, he's a local home brewer and he would get very frustrated with me because he'd, he'd ask, you know, Hey, here, here's my homebrew. What do you think about it? And I'd be like, I don't know. Tastes fine. You know? And so he'd be, he gets frustrated. Like I do. <laughs> he get frustrated where it's just like, well, what do you want me to tell you? Like, there's like obvious kinks in it because you're a home brewer or, or there are no kinks in it. It tastes great. Enter this in a competition. Don't change anything. Um, if there were any questions where it's like, is this to style? Oh, maybe adjust this or adjust that just a little bit. I mean, it kind of depends on the judge. So needless to say, I was, I was pretty well enamored with like Justin's brewing and uh, he's very, very good at it. He's a very, uh, adroit brewer and, and recipe writer. Um, very good at it for, for a home brewer. I'm just kidding. Now, now he's really good at writing commercial. Fuck you too. (laughs) (laughs) He's really good at writing commercial size. So he and I write everything together. Um, and then we met up two years ago, almost in November of this year. So, uh, and he kind of was like, hey, I've got this idea to start this brewery. And I was like, you're an idiot. Don't start a, a brewery <laughs> as a home brewer because it's the, the learning curve is just stupid. Um, and I don't I mean, you know, dare to dream and all that jazz. But when it comes down to it, you need to hire people that know what the fuck they're doing. And so I basically said that to him. I was like, you need a guy who's done sales. You need a guy who's brewed. You need a guy who's worked behind a bar. You, you need a guy who was a puppeteer once. <laughs> And he, and he was like, well, isn't that you? And I was kind of like, yeah, but I don't know. This still sounds, you know, like I don't, I don't know. And I, I told him I would consult with him until I don't remember what the exact time period was, but I was like, at that time I need like this fee and then we'll talk more about, you know, where, where we'll be at after that. But I think about two months before the, the consultancy was supposed to expire, um, we went to breakfast one morning and he, he like took his phone and he like shoved it in my face and he pointed and I had texted instead of you should blah, blah, blah. I had texted, we should. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like eating hash browns and he's like pointing at this and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in just (laughs) stuff it in a sack for right now. We have other shit to talk about. And so we kind of, it kind of went from there and that was, probably like February. So it'll be two years in February that it was, or January, February that it was like, yeah, let's fuck it. Let's do this. And it, uh, we were intending to build a building and then outfit it, but then found within a week of, um, the, uh, building that we're in used to be like a winery, but within a week of them knowing definitively that that was like a done, that was done. Uh, we were in there, I was assessing equipment, measuring, shooting lasers around, figuring out dimensions because I knew that we would have to order brewing equipment like immediately, uh, because the lead time on brewing equipment is fucking stupid. Yeah. I've heard what, 10 months or something like that. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) 
where are you buying it from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this so, is all down the grapevine. I, yeah, this I is. I stay out of that side. I stick to the drinking is, part. Uh, that was, this was like the, the third brewery that I've been involved in putting up. And so, yeah, it's it's a where you get it from, who, what, why, when, how, how it's being piped. Um, there's a lot, a lot to it, and I, I we definitely don't have time to get into all that. But like <laughs> well, e- every piece of brewing equipment in my brew house is customized, like literally down to the the shapes and sizes, the the dimensions. I mean, we have piping and HVAC that's within a quarter of an inch of the fermenters in some spaces in the brewery so it was quite a feat to get that all shoehorned in there but we bought it to be what would probably essentially be two to three times the size of the building was the intention so what we what we ended up doing was spending way way more money on just better equipment larger something we could more grow into a bigger chiller a bigger this a bigger that but shoved it into that small building so that eventually that storefront will just be like a pilot system storefront, maybe a funk house or something. And then the big system will move to a building and then we would run shifts and keep the same size. Cause it's about an 18 and a half um, barrel brew house. Now the equipment when you're ordering is, is that all made to order? Is Depends that the, on the, who you buy it from. Okay. So we went with a company from Lincoln, Nebraska and they have a little bit more flexibility for, uh, it's just, you know, for, I don't we can talk about economics all day or brewing or whatever <laughs> the fuck you want to talk about, but it's it cheaper to send raw steel to China and have it fabbed there and then sent back. And if, a, if a company like Norland or Abe already has a factory there, it's a little easier from a relations standpoint to just say, Hey, here's the steel. It's running over. <laughs> That was that was Casey, by the way. That's never happened before. <laughs> Unreal. So it's easier to just uh, when a company already has a steel fab factory and you need customization and you know just it came more quickly. I mean, nonetheless, uh, for all intents and purposes, as as early and as obviously as from my experience, knew you got to order now if you're going to start. There was still a two month delay, so we opened December eighth for a soft opening and uh, probably would have been two months prior to that. Cause we had all the, the tanks were tipped up in Octo- uh, like late, late September, early October. We had tanks and were tipped and we were ready, ready to go. And then it was like, where the hell is the brew house? So that took another couple months. So we had, we had a brewer all like ready and hired and, and that, and, uh, we have now we have two full time brewers and one and then one part time brewer who brew or who hangs out about uh, she's about six at least sixteen hours if not twenty four hours a week so well two third time I don't know <laughs> um, and then on top and she does most of the quality assurance stuff so she works in the lab um, and then writes SOP for practically everything because she's just really good at doing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got, like I said, we've, well, I can, we can get to the lab more later, but, um, where was I? Ah, equipment delay, blah, blah. Opened, uh, December 8th, uh, officially the 16th. Um, 
right off the bat, there were just all kinds of like little ghosts in the machine. Like we had calibration issues with the mash ton. I mean, we had all kinds of issues and, and just little tweaks and hacks and little things we had to like figure out and deal with. And this is leaking tighten that move this, move that. Um, it's, it's just, and that, and that's why you don't just open a brewery as a home brewer or, or make that jump unless you've got somebody that's really willing right. to. And I've heard that a few times and yeah. it, it seems to be a count, you know, talking to going to other breweries, talking to people uh-huh. that opened it, you know, they all say, this is a lot of work. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I've run my own company before in a completely different realm and a much smaller scale, but I, you know, and then I working beer tending, you know, people come in. Yeah, I've been home brewing for a few years. I think I want to open this. And it's well, like, and the problem is, bad idea. every home brewer thinks, well, I like beer. I can make okay beer. I should just sell my beer. Everybody, everybody who drinks my beer tells me I should sell my beer. I should go sell my beer. No, everybody who drinks your beer and tells you you should sell their beer is happy to be drinking free beer right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, and they're all just blowing smoke up your ass. Don't <laughs> think about it like this. Like, yeah, okay, you're really good at at brewing homebrew beer, but um, are you really good at uh, owning and operating a food packaging plant? That's what you should ask yourself, because that's what this is. And I hate to I hate to really put that so base. Like, this is a a food product that'll go bad. But no, but it is. It is. Well, and you also have like, as soon as you open a brewery, you cease to be a brewer. Yeah. Like, when was the last time you brewed beer? Uh, I've only ever brewed on that system th- <coughs> three times, and we're on probably like batch fifty something. Yeah. But a lot of the beers we make, we make two. There's what's called two turns. We brew it two times for only one batch number. So if we're on batch fifty, we're probably on batch. 80 or 100, if if you really want to. So, well, so you get to do the part that I like, which is the writing of the recipes. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that <laughs> takes like five, fucking five minutes. I know, right? The calculating of the water that goes with that recipe takes way longer than it than takes to write a, recipe. an actual recipe. Yep. Like, because, you know, we got Katie will have to check the water in the hot liquor tank, which might not necessarily reflect the water that's going into the beer because a lot of that stuff that goes into that hot liquor tank is precipitate and it, you know, it, it precipitates out and it sits in the water. And so then we go and we clean the hot liquor tank out and then we're like, wow, well, this is, you know, sulfides, sulfites are drastically different or whatever. And so then you got to recalculate everything. And then, you know, you, you, you'll fight with, you know, you're like, well, we need to adjust for sulfites and like, but when we do that, that adds calcium and now the calcium is too high. And so wait, what the fuck are we doing? Okay. We're draining the entire hot liquor tank. We're cleaning the whole fucking thing. We're filling it up. We're heating it to 180. Now we're testing it again. Okay. We're good. Did that shove the whole brew schedule off a day? Yes. I don't know. It's, I mean, and that was part of the learning curve now, you know, nine months in it's, you know, now we know, okay, well, these numbers are going to be off if, you know, if we we don't clean this hot liquor tank for a month, it's going to be different. Well, and so. it depends on what you've brewed in there, too, like what yeah. salts you've added, because those will add into the HLT, right? Uh, those, like, will they accumulate or no? Those generally will go directly into the mash. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't you put so those you, down. All right, so you, so you salt your mash then and not the water? Yeah. All right. No. 
Yeah. It just it, when you're mashing and you can. I'm learning too. This fun. <laughs> well, when we used to go directly through a hydrator and not through an auger system, you could like shake like a little bit of salt in each bag and then give it a little tug on the edges and let it sink kind of down into the malt and you get a good. But yeah, when you're generally when you're mashing in, you want to mash in your dark malt right away, like first, because that'll get your pH down closer to where you want to be to get a good mash, uh, good mash in pH temperature. But then all like that's all that's why we calculate the salts and the water because you need a pH of water in range. But we accentuate some things to make hops pop out and or not depends. Listen to Homebrew Bound for more. I know, Jesus yeah, Christ. Right? Sorry, guys. <laughs> Those of you listening to this and are going, this is way over my head. That's just got really I'm in the same technical. boat. <laughs> well, yeah, but if you listen to Homebrew Bound right now in the Miller for a Hop series, and once we get to our water, everything will make sense. All right, where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> Take this answer to slew of questions I had written down here. Come super um, rambling. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's good. No, it's perfect. You know, so why you mentioned that you were looking at originally building and you ended up falling in downtown Hudson. I mean, why Hudson versus, you know, especially with the Twin Cities with the explosion of craft beer breweries going on? Um, I think I'll, I'll push the discussion more to why Wisconsin and why not Minnesota? Because why not Minnesota? Not Minnesota. Minnesota was never... Unless it was close to the border, it was not really ever um, something we were going to do. Um, it was always, always, always Wisconsin. And it was always like in the St. Croix Valley or like around like, you know, North Hudson, blah, blah, or around that area or in Hudson somewhere. Um, and it had a lot to do with what I was seeing in the market in this area at the time. And there's nothing that's like us or there's nothing our size. Um, we filled a, a niche in the market and I mean, I think we're, we're holding pretty well steady and I think we were lucky to get that location. Um, and if we hadn't, it would have been more of a destination drawn, probably a little bit more tricky to get people, you know, you get the walking traffic, you get the curious people that, you know, that see the branding and see how that works. And, you know, for what it's worth, the branding was also very calculated um, and it's, you know, it's meant to be professional looking and the space, you know, was was designed really carefully and very, you know, it's, it's well thought out. It's it's a lot of what we do is <clears throat> um, I always say at the brewery, I always say uh, throw a spaghetti noodle against the wall and see if it's done. <laughs> so if some things don't work, then you sort of got to change it. But you have to have a like an easy and subtle way to kind of move around. So if an event at your space doesn't work, you know, like uh, we had this succulent event one time and like 800 <laughs> people showed up. And then we had it another time and like maybe 50 people showed up. So it, it was like, OK, we clearly know, <coughs> you know, what time of year it's better to do this. But, you know, the the breweries I'd worked for over the years, it's like, okay, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this. And, you know, so that's kind of where we're at. But we just lucked out on the location. Purely luck, unless you want to look at networking like luck, which, I mean, you know, it wasn't for lack of Justin and I hanging out in circles, um, small business owner circles or entrepreneur type 
networking groups or like brewing networking groups, the Master Brewers Association, um, Brewers Association being rem- members of the Wisconsin Brewers Guild or things like that, that like all that, not that we were members of the Brewers Guild before that, but now we are, but all of that helps because, you know, it, it's all, it's a lot of who, you know, um, and, and some luck, if you want to call it that. And then, you know, a lot of like skill and know-how and like watching two or three other breweries totally do stuff you wouldn't do and then just doing the opposite. And you said you know, it's a small <laughs> building. If anybody hasn't been there, I, I, I yeah. recommend checking it out. In, in my, when you did the soft opening, you gave me and my buddy Clark, if you remember Half Giant, yep. you and Justin gave us a quick tour, and I did not realize how big that building is because from the outside. Yeah, it's pretty deceiving. It looks tiny. It looks tiny, and then you go it inside, just keeps it's, going. Oh, it's a fucking TARDIS it's, in here. Yeah, it's 8,000 square feet, uh, but the production area is more like three to four. So if you figure like a barrel per square foot, then you're like, oh, it'd be 8,000 barrels. No, it's <laughs> like four. But if we, if by my math, which is pretty good usually, it, we're probably looking at six to seven out of that spot. But by then we'd we'd be on a different phase, and so it it's we say it we built to we built to grow, and so we would have ideally liked a larger building. But is that in the works, or is that still kind of on the back burner? Well, no comment. <laughs> Stuff's always in the works. <laughs> I have a question <laughs> that you might be able to comment on. Sure. Why the hell are your popcorn boats so small? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now the, the okay, dirty so <laughs> my so my business partner and I don't we do we don't fucking argue about much, but it's it's shit like that, Justin, you fucker, if you're listening, that pisses me off about you. <laughs> I like you gotta pick your battles, and if my battle is to ignore small popcorn boats, then my life's pretty fucking good. <laughs> God damn it. And I, you know, and it's really funny because I like, I like the commentary online about it. It it makes me laugh. And honestly, I don't eat the popcorn. Justin doesn't eat the popcorn. So I do, however, find popcorn all the way in the back of the brewery. It's amazing where that shit will go. Somebody's eating popcorn. It's just everywhere. You're like, wow, this get back here. How's there a kernel in my shoe? Popcorn's like sand, but delicious. Oh man. I don't know. I guess to round that networking piece out, it's be nice to everyone because you're going to keep running into the same people. And I just, from our standpoint, we we would never do anything to mess with or ex- exclude other breweries in the area. And for me, the the industry that I'm in, it the brother the brotherhood piece is so cool and so awesome and important to me because I'm a fucking nerd. I didn't have that many friends growing up. <laughs> and now I get to be in this cool group. And so, you know, if, if you know, we missed something or someone and that it's never an intentional and, you know, I, I like the Brotherhood piece. I like all the breweries around here, Swing and Bridge and Pitchfork. And, and uh, you got, uh, whatchamacallit, Zimmergy's popping up in uh, Menominee. I still don't know how they got that fucking name. 
Uh, I, well, that how how do we get half and barrel? Like that's true. It's like, like duh. Like yeah, but, but like Symergy is the name of like a magazine in the industry. Yeah, like, yeah I don't know. And it's the name it's, well, of dude, th- that's, brewing. Like, that's print, not food and beverage. I know. It's, like it's fucking nuts. It's just it's weird. But yeah, I don't know. I like uh, I like talking to the other dudes, and um, I still have a lot of contacts in Minneapolis, and it's really fun to shoot texts back and forth and. You know, there we have we have secret industry Facebook groups that we <laughs> re- regular Facebook. Joes don't get to look at that, you know. They dress up in robes and masks. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, there's no sexual orgies because there are no women. There are very few women in the industry. It's all bearded men. <laughs> the women in the industry are all taken. Yes. You know, within those circles and everything, is that where you guys start to get kind of the community events, if you will, or if lack of a better word to call it? You know, like uh, all the I've weird seen shit like the, the yeah, like goat <laughs> yoga, uh, yoga and beer. I've seen down there. I've said you yeah, just like, had an event with Cocoa Hearts. What do you do with all the goat shit in your brewery after goat yoga? <laughs> 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 they got rid of it sanitarily. There was a lot of disinfectant. Um, oh, so like the people who bring in the goats also. Yeah, they chase them around with. Um, they they make sure that it it's it's a good time for everyone. Let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> it's it, it's just bizarre. Like, uh, yeah. Let's 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 release farm animals in the brewery and then do I'm yoga. Like, that's another thing in the world. Like that's <laughs> how how I look at that. Like, oh, well, alrighty then. Like I get like, on the patio. I, I'm assuming you didn't do it in the brewery or the tap. Uh, it 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 was in the actual barrel room, so it was all fenced off with benches, and they had this ring of food, and the goats never really went out of the ring of food, and <laughs> I don't know. It was uh, it, it worked out. I w- I was okay with it. So if that means anything it's just it's just bizarre (laughs) i've seen goats i've seen a farm like i've never seen yoga done with goats i just feel like there's two dart boards and you have two darts and you throw one and uh, goats and over here you go yoga Yoga. (laughs) (laughs) now if you're having like a goat roast that makes sense at a brewery Oh, this poor ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. I uh, it's it, that was like the succulent make and take thing. It's like, oh, okay, I guess this many people are going to show up. We're going to cause a giant goddamn traffic jam in downtown Hudson. What's the What's the most surprising event that you guys have done so far in your in your first year? Because you guys are coming up to that now. Uh, uh, I think it's around t- December. Two of them, if I may. But the first the first one was the hot dish contest. Oh, well, you mean the one where Blind Ninja Studios yeah. was celebrity judges and we judged the <laughs> yeah. shit out of that hot dish? Um, that, yeah, I couldn't believe how, like, seriously people took the <laughs> hot dish contest. It was kind of insane. <laughs> there were, like, 18 or 19 different hot dishes. and it was, it was a hard judge. It was taken very seriously. Like, someone referred to... Packing up their hot dish crock as and then walking to their car as a walk of shame because they didn't win. And yeah, I'm like, wow, you guys are really I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, then the other one was the it, we, it was called the Sundown Taco Throwdown. And so we did 
I don't remember when it was. It was like right when spring hit. Uh, like it was March. the second week of May. Or second week of May. Yep. Yep. And you were gone. And in, in, in Europe. Uh, so we had like five <laughs> restaurants in town came and made tacos. And then that was judged and also was way more seriouser than we thought it was going to be. And, and um, some people won and some people lost. And I think, you know, we'll have it again next year. Same with the hot dish contest. Yeah. We should uh, release the hot dish criteria before <laughs> <Yeah>. the contest <laughs> this time. Yeah, yeah, we were like learning, yeah. learning about social well, media at the and time. And the the, uh, the number one thing is no undercooked biscuits in your hot dish. Oh fucking! A. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, the that's the worst part is that was Justin's uncle, so it was like, I guess we have to taste this. <laughs> <laughs> H- humor him, but then we were like, nope. No, like, yeah, I think Carlos did put that one as his favorite, though. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I don't know. You guys have had some really fun events, like just some out there stuff. Yeah, I don't. We kind of just operate on the like, just don't say no to anything. And then as far as room fees go, like, nah, like, what's the point? Uh, we just. It's a community center that sells beer and we have some room and we can move stuff around. And Well, if you fill it with people, you're going to make money, right? Yeah, inevitably. That's the theory. Anyway. There have been a few things where the room's been full and it's like, well, it's obviously these blue hairs aren't, aren't going <laughs> to buy any beer. <laughs> beer. Like, it's a, a few times where it's like, wow, people are not buying shit. But just eh. put a PBR gas tap on there. They'll start buying that. <laughs> Ugh. They have standards, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> if it's going to be anything, it's going to be champagne and beer. Like, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> Coors Banquet. That's what you're talking about, right? <laughs> no, that is, that is an entire meal in a can. I love it. It's an entire banquet. banquet. All right. What else you got, man? Uh, you know, outside of brewing, you mentioned the guitar. Oh yeah, you know, you know. Are there any other hobbies that you keep yourself, you know, so you're just not doing the same thing day after day after day? Um, <laughs> yeah, I play a lot of guitar. Um, I, it's, uh, it's an expensive hobby. Um, there's always some gear that I want, or like a pedal, or whatever. And um, again, from a hobby standpoint, I don't. I'm not really in a super good position to have brewing be my hobby. Um, so. Yeah, I guess um, that, and then I I really do enjoy uh, enjoy me some nerd gaming. Um, trying to get a a group of uh, well, I didn't. I'm not trying to. I did. I got a, We got a, a group of grown adults that are willing to get together and try out D and D for the first time. Some that have played and some that haven't. And um, we're gonna make uh, make a run at the the five E starter set um, and just kind of see how that goes. Um, so I do a little bit of online gaming. Um, uh, frisbee golf is is always on my mind, um, even when it's cold out. <laughs> I really enjoy that. Have you done the frisbee golf in the winter? Uh, as much as I can, yeah. I feel Honestly. like I'd be afraid of my disc just going under the snow. Yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be careful about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't use a white disc, right? Go I back. don't know. I lost a white <laughs> disc in the woods. So <laughs> yeah, that's fair. D and D, have you have you checked out the uh, Tales of the Yawning Portal yet? No, it I looks should. Badass. I think that's on that shelf. Is over it? There. Oh, yeah. is it? Yeah. It might be missing later. I was reading it wasn't a, me though. I was reading about uh, 
the Chronomancer, the new character. Heard that one yet. Yeah, there's a new 5e character. That's and if you guys uh, listening like D&D, check out the yeah, check out out those every <laughs> Monday. You got to yeah. high five me, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> or <a> unreal. <laughs> man, I'm good at this. <laughs> <laughs> All the free plugs for Blind Ninja Studios. Oh man, I don't know, just nerdy, nerdy things. Um, I, I'm my industry. There's a lot of traveling around to get. People are going to be like, Whoa, like it's like it. It does get exhausting going to all the different bars, having a beer, talking to people. Um, I'm not the most ac- extroverted person. Maybe it seems more like when there's only three people in the room, we're on a microphone. There's that, uh, but that's, that's a trend in brewer brewers yeah. though. Like brewers, people who own breweries are not extroverted people. It's <laughs> always fucking nerds. Like yeah. there, no, it, I, I, I'm not just <laughs> poor, poor us. <laughs> no, it, it is. It is what it is. Like, if you go to a tap takeover and there's a representative from the brewery talking to people, that's the distributor every single time. Yeah. I I try really hard to go to all of these <laughs> all of these things, do all the things that you're supposed to do and talk to all the people that you're supposed to talk to and it it fucking wears me out and have often, not often, but once in a great while been accused of being fake because I'm just trying to not sit in the corner like Gollum and or just or just to like attach (laughs) attach the first people who like are nice to you and like and then share an interest and and then don't talk to anybody else (laughs) you are mine now try try to become a flower of the wall i don't know so i do i do what i can with that and i don't know it's uh if you see me, don't approach me. <laughs> like, okay. Approach with caution. Let, let sniff your hand first. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he might bite. The beard, it bites it. It has a mind of its own. Like, <laughs> it takes Skittles. From, ever seen that commercial? <laughs> when it's longer, it takes Skittles. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, going through Facebook and trying to find mm-hmm. pictures you use for the promo going up to this episode. I mean, some of the shit that's posted about you and your quotes is awesome. Oh, on the for Hop and Barrel? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that I'll explain that too. That's that's our social. We have a company that does social media for media for us, and they know um, that I hate it. <laughs> and so then they thought it was funny to put me all over it. So that that was their reaction to that. Everything that's on there is Dash Brian. Yes. I, <laughs> that's so stupid. And I don't I don't see him that often because he, so here's the be, here's the best fucking story is that I we were we had like. 1200 likes. And then I was like, Oh shoot. I haven't invited any of the friends on Facebook of mine to like hop and barrel. And you just go through and you click and click and click and whatever. And, um, so then it, I don't say no to anybody on a friends for Facebook. I'm like, yes, we, we can be friends confirm. And, uh, so then we went from like 1200 likes to like 2,900 likes or something in a really short period of time. And Justin was like, Oh my God, like it blows my mind. And I'm like, that's cause like I sat for like two hours and clicked <laughs> on every person. And then there's a slack doll at the top. No, no, <laughs> no. not on mobile. If you're doing it on your phone. There's <laughs> and not on the fucking iPad. No, but if you, you know, if you had logged into a computer. Yeah. Now I have a real ass computer. Some of us aren't that fancy, Casey. So I, six months went this by. This is my computer. <laughs> 
six months went by and then Justin, for some reason, had to log into my Facebook and he goes, dude, you haven't even liked your own brewery. And I like literally I didn't I didn't get around to liking fucking Hop and Barrel until like like two months ago. I had no idea. I was like, I don't know why I don't see this. There's that notification I got. Brian likes Hop and Barrel. Well, I it's because I have access to the back end of. The stuff, and so I just never really thought about it. I saw everything from there, but then when we turned it over to the company, I just was like, okay, I have other crap to do. I didn't notice. And then suddenly was everyone was like, oh, that quote you did is, oh, it's so funny. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And then I had looked and liked, and now I know. And So now you know all the shit that you're saying. Now I know all the shit that I'm supposedly saying. It's always about your beard. What was the one where it was like, an apple a day keeps, <laughs> will keep anyone away as long as you throw the apple hard <laughs> enough. And I was like, yeah, like, finally. <laughs> finally, something that I would have Someone actually said. <laughs> just, you just get wrapped up in shit and don't look and I don't know. Which I almost used that picture, but ended up going <laughs> with a different one. But I didn't remember which one that was. Yeah, you were kind of, it looks like you're reaching down. Oh, God, yeah, I was in the back of Justin's truck. Yeah, so are all those pictures taken like while you guys are delivering beer or whatever? Or yeah, who, or who's whatever. taking the pictures for the social media company? We take all all of the content is ours organically. Like those ladies will come out and take stock photos once in a while, but like literally all of that shit we feed them. So any t- any time we're always like pictures, pictures. Mine are mostly dumb and they don't use them, but um, <laughs> they'll take pictures of us like or Jeremy takes a lot of pictures or the guys who are delivering will take pictures and, uh, and then they, um, they funnel them through. Um, but we're on a, this chat with, uh, the, the gals like all day, every day. Like it's always like, how about this? What do you think about that? Cause they do a bunch of graphic design and shit for us too. Um, it's a, it's a piece where if you were a brewery that wasn't self-distributed and you were working with a, um, distributor, uh, that'd be part of the um, package of working with a distributor is getting like print material or window stickers or like shit like that. Um, social media signs for events, um, all that. But we've just chosen to kind of go with them and then do it organically by ourselves and piecemeal it, um, which makes things a little bit more hectic. But, um, you know, because we like these distributors have in-house designers, in-house print shops. It's the expense of a printing equipment. And then we just... I have through the years figured out, okay, well, we can, we can do this more organically and make it look more like it's us and then execute it, you know, from a good financial standpoint. So, um, it's one part that we pay for and then the other two things we sort of bring into connection with it. Now, did you, the discussion going in self-distribution versus going with a distributor, was that kind of on the table when you're starting? No. Did you just want to go self-distribution yeah. right out the gate? Yeah, we'd like to keep it that way as long as we can. It doesn't mean we wouldn't talk to anyone, but it's a a, a conscious decision to kind of try to do it ourselves. Um, Wisconsin's more spread out. Uh, when I was running sales in Minneapolis, it's like you could park your car and walk to 12 accounts. Well, out here you drive to all 12 of them, kind of, you know, and it's... So it's you, you pick and choose, hit your low-hanging fruit, and then after you've got that and sort of are in a natural rhythm with it, then you follow up with the rest of the shit. So and We were kind of talking off air yeah. where you are distributing now. And recently mm-hmm. you just got down in Madison. Yeah, I've been in Madison for a couple months, okay. and yeah, we have uh, 
tastings and tap takeovers and things planned in the future. And then this coming weekend is um, another big, big hoopla where we're all going down there again to run amok in the town and do some couple tap takeovers and do some this and some of that. So are you strictly in Wisconsin then? Or are you looking only at Wisconsin? Only Wisconsin. Um, Minnesota's not off the table, just not right now. So we're a Wisconsin brewery. Sure. First and foremost. So here's, I guess, kind of an industry question. And I, I don't know if we've talked about this before or not, but like, like you're saying, so in Minnesota, like you can, you can park at one spot, walk to like 12 different accounts. Um, in Wisconsin, you have to drive between accounts and I'm assuming, well, yeah, but I, I'm assuming like when you, when you go into a new account, you probably sit down you have a beer with them and you talk like what, like, do you have a policy where like, okay, so if you're driving to accounts, you can have this amount or is it more of like a be responsible type deal or like the, just just the the drinking and driving aspect of of that industry wide seems to be like a concern of to some people and um not every account is a sit down and okay. drink account all right you want to pick and choose with that maybe one maybe two okay um a day uh and then the rest uh should damn well understand because they see enough reps all day. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, okay. th- this isn't uh, unless you're trying to strike some sort of like I, I don't know. I, there there are many reasons to and to not do a beer at every place. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I it's and it's just one of those things. Not being in the business, it's like I, I've seen a lot of reps like going to a bar and have a beer, and I'm like, they that, that can't. They can't do that every day, like at every account. Like it's true. Yeah, it depends on the rep, and it depends on the day. Like consider, consider that. I mean, were they were they driving with somebody? Was there a second guy? Yeah. I mean, were they a brewer with them? Whatever. So okay. I know that's kind of a fucking vague answer, and I apologize. No, I, I I was just I was just curious if there was were, an were there days when like, I was doing sales that I had too many beers and had to leave my car and take a lift home? Yeah, or an Uber or whatever you want to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So the the answer then is just be fucking smart about it. And <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's like what I tell the like my employees at the brewery, like don't don't be a dick about it, and don't put me in a position where I have to make stupid fucking rules. Like, yep. you know, I mean, shit gets a little loose on Friday at the brewery if there's not a bunch of shit going on. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that's it's, fine. It's we, always we, the if we can we can, we can have you know, we can start drinking at a you know an abnormally. At a reasonable hour, hour of noon, <laughs> uh, whatever. I, look, if if guy or gal A drinks five beers throughout the course of a twelve-hour shift, gets everything done, and is safe, eh, who cares? You know, hopefully, you know, nobody who like uh, OSHA just, is not listening or whatever. Well, no, just <laughs> be an adult about it, and you're fine. Well, yeah, that's 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 what I mean. Like mo- most of the time it's like it, they're too damn busy. And I mean, th- think about it. You have a couple beers and then you got to like and lunch and then you have to like do a, a bunch of really like physically demanding labor for four or five more. Yeah, hours. You're not like, going to do that. No, <laughs> it's it's not a fun day. Shoot yeah. yourself in the foot. <laughs> got a couple questions here that I sure. was asked to ask you. Uh, first one, what's your favorite style of beer and what's your least favorite to drink and brew? Uh, oh man, it was hard to pick one. Uh, de- 
depending on mood and time of year and all that jazz, I'm I'm definitely a big time IPA person and I am an IPA person in the realm, the realm of 7.5 to 8.5 ABV IPA, or I guess that strength would be double IPA these days or, or back in the day, seven and a half would definitely be <laughs> double IPA. <laughs> yeah. No, not so much. I but. mean, that, I don't know. That's in style for BJCP. This is true. So in that particular strength range, IPA with, um, whatever you can throw me at, throw at me, that's fresh, whatever cool combination you can come up with. Cause, um, yeah, it's tough. Um, but yeah, something, an IPA that's not malty, an IPA that's nice and dry and, and is a hop showcase has a little bit of good strength to it. Um, you know, good firm bitterness. Um, so West coast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then um malty German beer like Eyinger. Uh, literally or Hefebites and um like a nice like bulky Hefeweizen or you know a Doppelbach or like a um alt alt beer. Uh, Iinger Altbersch Dunkel. That's I mean, if you put that in front of me, I'd be happy all day. Or uh, Orval. Um, I'd drink that anytime. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I do not get into sours. Um, I can take Brett beer because uh, it's not sour. Um, that's just a different yeast flavor to me. Uh, so some stuff along those lines, like if like Orval finishes with Brett, so there's a little bit of that depending on how old the bottle is. Um, yeah, sour beer, I uh, can't do it. It makes my stomach do flip flops. Is it the lacto? Um, yeah, and then that's another thing. Anything with lactose <laughs> is like, ugh. like so. A lot of the like hazy IPA with lactose. And then how did one of your flagships then, or one of your first beers, become a lactose beer then? Cause it's a popular style. <laughs> we're getting, I can't drink it, but we're getting pre-orders for a beer that we haven't made in months. Lactose Panda? No, the Hudson Hayes is coming back uh-huh. in 12 ounce cans, but we're getting pre-orders because our sales people told we, we, re- we released a calendar that showed that we were going to be releasing it again. And so now there's all been all these, the calendar seems like a mistake. Orders for it. <laughs> Orders for a beer that's not even in a tank yet. No, it's not a mistake. That's what we're doing. But man, that, that I feel like that gives you so much or so little margin for error, though. Like if you like, especially doing something um, as hoppy as Hudson Hayes, are you worried about like the hop crop being different or anything like that? No. Nah. Okay. Nope. All right. Proper. Preparation prevents poor performance. <laughs> just mind your piece and you're okay. Just pl- planning. That's most of what goes into what I do involves the planning of stuff. And so I guess to describe what I would do on more of a daily basis is the controlling of the spice. So literally anything that comes into the brewery or goes out of the brewery and I'm most certainly responsible for whether, okay. whether I'm making it or not. What happens so. in the brewery? That's Justin's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Justin does a lot more sales. Um, I kind of sit at the brewery and control the spaceship, and he does 
um, the books and stuff. But. So he's your number one that you're sending on ground ground crews and stuff. Man, he's he's just really yeah yeah kind of Star Trek it up a little. Him bit. and then Jeremy, like they, they kind of tend to do the recon. Which one's Mister Spock? <laughs> <laughs> Probably Justin. <laughs> I'm guessing since he you know was and Jeremy's lawyer, Riker that you got yeah. the. <laughs> Really good guess. Uh, so yes, hours to answer your question. Long, long or short of it, not a fan. Fair enough. And the other very important question that I was asked. Too. Oh shit! Oh, this was the, <laughs> this is yeah. the one that you've been prepped for. Yeah, read yeah. this again. <laughs> is it true that the res- residual beer that in- inevitably spilled on your face while drinking causes unbridled beard growth? Well, probably because I know for sure that my dad always like I know he can grow the hell out of a mustache, but he can't grow a beard. So there's got to be there's got to be some reason why I why I can grow such a a fancy beard. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) I it's more of a it it just works so well because I really like heavy metal music and right now in heavy metal music like it's always cool for heavy metal dudes to have long hair whatever so i got that going for me but it's not always cool for heavy metal dudes to have beards but it is more recently so i'm just kind of lucky that there's i got two things where i'm like all right well i mean and i feel like there's the saying never trust a clean shaven brewer so yeah there is that (laughs) I'll admit I have a little bit of beard envy. Like mine doesn't grow down. It's a chia pet and goes you gotta in every make direction. It do, do the things. <laughs> yes, make is, it obey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must, you must cultivate it like any other garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should I do Bane voice? You must cultivate it like. No. <laughs> oh, you same, will find it. was the exact same voice, just with his hand over his face. Like, <laughs> That's why I was Bane. No, but it wasn't even like muffling it because he used the open fingers. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to do it. <laughs> you will find that the beard makes the man. <laughs> Impressions that we should. Some people grew up like He was born into one. I don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Well, I've I've exhausted all the questions I have. That's all um, I got. I mean, looking, you know, if somebody's out there, they're home brewing or they're thinking about getting into home brewing, they with the long term goal of owning a brewery someday. I mean, oh, do you have any advice for them? Go to school. Um. If you don't like the idea of or don't like doing backbreaking physical labor and you don't like solving problems like logic puzzles and things like that, then don't don't bother. It's it it had this what I do has like so little to do with (laughs) brewing that it's kind of scary at this point. Um. I mean, it's, there's a lot of like planning involved and, and yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I I have trouble, I have trouble putting it into words, but it's, it's. You're managing a factory at this point. Yeah. It's so, it has nothing to do with brewing now for me. 
You're, you're a production facility that <laughs> happens to make beer. Yeah, and then there's a front end to it where people can buy cans of that food and then bitch about them. Well, yeah. So either right then and there, or on the internet, and you get so to read you, about it you later. Get, you get to run a factory and a bar at the same time. Yeah. So you you get to either sit in your tap room and people talk shit about your beer there, or you can, it's, it, what, are we, what were we talking about the other day? You can either smell people's farts or you can <laughs> get in the elevator where they farted in, which is the internet. <laughs> Does that make sense? So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, t- t- talking a little bit about that, untapped feelings. Not a fan. Thoughts. <laughs> I uh, just, uh, ra- rating beer is so dumb. Like, I unless you're, unless you're uh, an expert it's and so subjective. It's just subjective. Like we were talking on the homebrew program earlier and I was like, man, I'm like, I really like this. This is one of the better beers that you've made in case he was like, Oh, what? Well, I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't know how to take it. Like, does that mean my other beers are oh, shit? Rest or- of them? And I was like, well, 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 I'm like pump the brakes. Cause like right now this is tasting really good to me. Like, I can pick out the mineral but, quality well, that I don't so, like no, or so shouldn't be as, there. As a homebrewer, like I just, anytime somebody tells me that they like something, I immediately am suspicious. Because everybody's trying to blow smoke up your ass for free beer, like there's that. But yeah, I mean, we drank what a, like a, I would never. We drank a, car- a caramel apple cider, like yep. after that, and I really like enjoyed that. I don't know, maybe just just what I wanted right then. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes I want Burger King, sometimes I want McDonald's. <laughs> and if you go back to, I can't remember what episode it was, but when we did that beer tasting with the infected beer. Oh yeah, and that was yeah. Episode two twenty something, I think. Was I on that one? Or yeah, you, no, you sure were. I was on that one. Because it, right. it was cool for me for someone that does not brew at all. I just know what I like. You and what the I monsters like. came down. <laughs> that was uh, he brought two weightlifting. Oh, that's buddies. right. Yeah, yeah. The guy, there was a guy with a kilt that was really intimidating. <laughs> yeah, that'd be uh, Mike. What was that episode? Yeah, that was episode Mike. Five. Yeah, like in a, in, a, in, a, in a good way, intimidating. Like he yeah. wasn't like being mean or anything. Yeah, no. And then Ulysses showed up, and he filled the stairwell. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a thing that could happen. And no, that was this cool episode. Like I was saying, like for me that I don't brew at all. I just know what kind of beers that I like and what I don't like. And then to be yeah. able to hear from your side, the more scientific side of things like, mm-hmm. Oh, this makes a lot, a hell of a lot more sense. I, I know why shit should taste the way it should. And I know when it shouldn't taste that way, but it's because I practiced a bunch and I still do over the summer. I was in uh, a better if we, if you're local, the Better Beer Society does a lot of good work. Um, and that and it's stuff that fills gaps that things like the Cicerone program kind of doesn't. And so I did that off flavor tasting with you guys. In between, then I did another one, and then after that, I did one over the summer. So it's not like I'm just sitting around twiddling my fucking thumbs. Like <laughs> I find places to go to do off flavor. I find ways to challenge my palate. I'm a BJCP judge, blah, blah, blah. And I don't just sit around and not taste things. Do you, <laughs> do you demand something similar of your staff members? Like people running the, Oh boy, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I demand my word, but do you like offer like, Hey, you know, here's the Cicerone program. Mm-hmm. We'll pay for it. If you want to go like, I mean, when when or you're de- when you're dealing you with a uh, front of house staff, you g- generally you're looking at a, 
uh, higher turnover. Okay. And I mean, you do have your, your ride or die people that stick around forever. And those are the people that, yeah, I would definitely invest in their education because I think it's important. And that's why I did the BBS class over the summer. It was, I was there as an evaluator to see if, if it's worth, I felt like this was a quality thing to do. And I, I really do. And I did, and I knew I would. And, you know, I think it fills that a, a big gap between the certified beer server and the Cicerone. And, you know, what is it? Three out of five don't pass the Cicerone. And then the Cicerone is tougher than like the New York bar exam or something. I, I'm like, Which is, I don't know. I'm sure debatable. So. But you're, you're talking about <laughs> beer. It shouldn't be that hard to pass. Yeah. But I mean, it's, honestly, like from a program integrity standpoint, uh, it, they should be hard. Look at look at what the what's the sommelier program looks like. Why, what do you what you do you want to just hand people? I mean, like think about it. Like half the half the people on that off flavor panel that we did here couldn't perceive half the shit, and all that shit was at like three times. Yeah, what it would normally. Well, but at the same at. time, like uh, there's a few a few flavors that my palate just can't pick up. Like right. some of it's so percept or uh, subjective that it's but mm-hmm. uh, I have the hardest time with diacetyl. That's one of the the flavors that I have the hardest time picking up. Uh there's other things though that you're super sensitive to. Yeah. Or there's people like me, me that are sensitive to everything. <laughs> Literally everything. Yeah. Quick which yeah no that would be yeah. If everybody was like that that'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Quick synop- synopsis for those mm-hmm. of us like me. Uh, what is the Cicerone? Uh, it, it's about as close to a sommelier for wine as you can get. Um, it is a, a difficult exam. And like I said, um, there's a... Oh, boy. No, I, no, not like I said. I Like I said, it's hard. Like, the Cicerone is really fucking hard. So you, you think about the Cicerone, you can stand in the middle of a football stadium and you can spin around 360 degree, 60 degrees at so many different types of wine there are. Um, dissimilarly, if you stand in a small area, there's this many <laughs> kinds of beer, you know, or different styles of beer or whatever. Um, but there is terroir involved. Um, so the Cicerone is... is I think the probably one of the better attempts at the sommelier, but then the beer judge certification program has technical brewing aspects to it. Whereas uh, Cicerone is more like beer and food, draft systems, blah, um, you know, off flavor tasting, um, uh, origin and history and things like that. And I mean, not that the BJCP isn't, but BJCP judges beer against a certain set of guidelines, and that's pretty much so. It. For for a little bit of like, as hard as this Cicerone is, uh, as of twenty seventeen, there's only thirteen master Cicerones. Yeah, in the world. Um, and frankly, I I've met some some fellows that have tried the advanced Cicerone, which is in between. Um, and, and failed miserably. And there is also a gentleman I know that passed advanced Cicerone that fails the BJCP exam miserably every time. (laughs) And I, and to me, he is one of, I mean, I'll just hold it right there because I don't want to out him. (laughs) I don't think he'd be pissed, but, um, 
in any case, he is to me, one of the most accomplished beer people around. And he's a, a big time writer for, you know, bigger publications and shit like that. And, I don't know. Some people just aren't good at standardized testing. I have no idea. Some people can't perceive things, you know, like Casey can't do diacetyl or whatever. And, you know, but this guy makes his living teaching people about beer, you know, and how it works. So is what it is. Anything else, Casey? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, yeah. I, I could just sit here and talk to Brian for a while. <laughs> right. At some point, we'll just need more beer. Like. Right. <laughs> well, Brian, I appreciate you coming down here. Is there anything Absolutely, that man. is there anything coming up with Hop and Barrel that you'd like to tell people about? Yeah. So, not this weekend, but the following weekend. You're looking at uh, two week, two, three. three. Three weeks before this episode comes out. Oh, just a heads up. Uh, so early October. <laughs> Nothing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, uh, if so, this would be what, like the first week in October? Yeah, first or second week in October. Uh, my birthday is in October every year, so I believe it is there. What the 27th is a Saturday. Brian fasted half and barrel. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. Like I am. Like I work at a brewery. You guys should come to that brewery and drink beers with me on my birthday. And so I think it's the 27th of October. Are you guys branding it as Brian Fest? No. no. (laughs) (laughs) Ego boy wants his birthday party. No, it's, uh, I think it's the, fuck. I would, uh, but I have a big ego, so. (laughs) I think it's October 27th and I'm, I'm going to try like hell. Yes, it is the 27th, the Saturday of October 27th. I'm going to try like hell. We're going to probably have some kind of like reggae band or a band that sounds like sublime. Cause there's two bands I have in mind. And then I'm going to try hard to have like a, a stoner metal or a doom metal or a heavy metal band that I like play. But it's one of those things where I can probably only get away with like a half hour <laughs> or an hour of that before be- everyone, leaves. before everyone leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so I might just end up in my office alone with my headphones while everyone else is listening to the reggae, band. listening to the reggae man. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> in any case, uh, whatever happens on October 27th should be a rad party in the parking lot. And there should be, um, uh, some, weird beers being released and some shenanigans and I will be there and I will probably be, uh, drinking. And where can people find you again? If they oh, want to come drink your beer. Oh my. So we're, yes. Oh my. We're hop and barrel brewing company. We're, uh, on the Facebooks. Uh, the website is hop and barrel Um, and then I'm on Facebook and, and, uh, twaddler and, First exit across the bridge if you're coming from Minnesota. Ah, that too. Yeah, we're in beautiful downtown Hudson. If you take a left off the exit, first exit, that's where we are. We're by Pudges. There's about 24 restaurants downtown, uh, plenty of places to get food. Um, Yeah, that's about it. Appreciate it. You come down here. Absolutely. Thanks again. Hopefully, get you back on the show again sometime. Sure. I know there's just barely skimming the surface on brewing and everything else. I like to go in depth more with that. I need mm-hmm. to find a, a brewer's hand guide or something <laughs> so I can think of more questions in that realm. 
Uh, well, actually, if you want a Brewer's Hand Guide, check out, uh, you know, Homebrew Bound. At <laughs> BlindNinjaStudios.com. <laughs> Start listening now. <laughs> uh, we just finished up the 80 Style Challenge, so if you have any questions on 80 styles of ales officially sanctioned by the BJCP, we've covered them all. Oh, man. That's true, we have. Or well, I mean, I haven't. Casey has. Uh, no, you're your co-host now. It's we. <laughs> <laughs> you get to take credit uh, for all of the horrible things that we've done. Foy- <laughs> <foibles>. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, folks, if you didn't catch that, if you want to hear more of Brian and Casey, go check out Homebrew Bound on BlindNinjaStudios.com. Also, you can find them on Facebook at Blind Ninja Studios. If you want to listen to this episode, uh, you can check out our Twitch stream. I also have the video saved on there at twitch.tv slash ROA. Also, I just... Fig- no. No? No. Just it's, kidding. It's twitch.tv slash rules of the arena. Oh, I do ROA on mine. It pops up right away. I don't think mine does. I'll try it, though, just to make sure. One of us is right in the meantime. Because <laughs> I typed rules of the arena and it came up. No, ROA does not work on Twitch. Well, it worked on mine. It on works on Blind Ninja Studios. Whatever. Blind Ninja Studios slash ROA. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Built in the Arena. And the website I finally finished redesigning after talking about it for like six, seven months, uh, thearenaoutpost.com, where you can check out this episode and previous ones. You can also check out some merch on there. Thanks again for listening. We will catch you next time. Oh, yeah. Oh, I suppose you want to play music. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> mm, bye. Super duper producer dropping the ball. <laughs> I was fact checking your shit, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks again, folks. <laughs> <laughs>